People like to talk about teams like Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama when it comes to quarterback talent in the SEC. But I would argue that South Carolina's quarterback room matches with some of the best in the conference. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so very much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both wherever you get your audio podcast daily, and also on YouTube. Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football coaching staff have been doing a pretty good job in their short time here in Columbia with flipping the roster at multiple different positions. And there is no position group that has undergone quite the transition like the quarterback position group has. Obviously, we all can recall the 2021 season, one that was quite tumultuous for the Gamecocks as they had guys like second-year quarterback Luke Doty, FCS Division III transfer quarterback Jason Brown, and essentially an unretired graduate assistant in Zeb Nolan comprising the bulk of of their quarterback room, which turned into a bit of a revolving door because of multiple different circumstances. Now, South Carolina's quarterback room is looking much better. And I would even say, in terms of overall talent, South Carolina has a top five quarterback room in the SEC, and that is going to continue over the next several years. I went and looked at the SEC quarterback rooms in terms of talent when it comes to 24-7 sports composite rankings. And when I went back and did this research, these were the top five programs in the SEC when it comes to quarterback talent on paper. Alabama, Texas A&M, and South Carolina all have one former five-star on their roster, and three former four-star recruits on their roster. While two other teams in Georgia and Tennessee both have one five-star quarterback and two four-star quarterbacks on their roster. And there was also two honorable mentions, so to speak, that you could throw in there as well, with LSU and Ole Miss both having three former four-star quarterbacks on their rosters. So needless to say, When it comes to the talent on paper, South Carolina matches up with some of the better programs in the SEC conference. And when you break it down player by player, honestly, I think that the guys they currently have in that room backs up this notion. The Gamecocks have Spencer Rattler coming back for the 2023 season. And you could argue, and I think everybody for the most part wouldn't fight this, that Spencer Rattler is a top five quarterback in the SEC heading into 2023. Luke Doty is a pretty solid backup option to have right now at the quarterback position. He's a guy that has started six games in his career so far, and he's appeared in 19 games 
total. So not necessarily a guy that would be getting thrown to the fire pit, so to speak, if you ever had to go in there for Spencer Rattler for any given reason. Tanner Bailey is another talented quarterback on the Gamecocks roster. He played in an advanced offense during his high school days at Gordo High School in Alabama and is a guy that possesses some of those modern-day traits that a lot of coaches want to see, one of those being the fact that he can make off-platform throws. And then, of course, you've got the pride of South Florence in Lenoris Sellers, who is viewed as the future at the position because of the arm that he's got, the ability to put touch on his passes, and his freakish athleticism that he brings to the field as well. And that's not even including a guy like 2024 Gamecock commit Dante Reno, who is one of the most accurate passers at the position for his class. And a recent quote from 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan backs up this notion regarding Dante Reno's skill set from what he saw at an Elite 11 camp this past weekend. As he said, quote, The South Carolina commit had a fantastic day and was part of a top group that was extremely close to one another. The six foot one. 200-pound son of Yale coach Tony Reno has a compact delivery and was able to get the ball down the field with velocity. His release was free and easy, and he was accurate on all three levels of the field. His increased arm strength from last season was evident on 15-yard out routes. He stepped into throws and drove the ball down the field, and he threw some beautiful deep balls with touch. His willingness to compete stood out. So, South Carolina, in terms of getting their guy at the quarterback position for the 2024 class, again, they are in a luxurious position compared to a lot of other even blue-chip prestigious-type programs in college football right now because they're not searching for their guy in the 2024 class. They already have their guy in Dante Reno, which has afforded the Gamecocks the chance to look ahead to the 2025 and 2026 class. And in those two classes, they seem to have already identified a couple of targets of interest in both of those cycles. For 2025, you have guys like Armo South Carolina native A.J. Brand. You've got Ohio native Ryan Montgomery and Mississippi native Deuce Knight. While in the 2026 recruiting class, you've got a national-level type prospect in Landon Duckworth who could be of interest for South Carolina. And having a top-five quarterback room for South Carolina right now is going to do wonders for them if they could maintain this over the next several years. And again, I think even after Spencer Rattler is gone, even after a guy like Luke Doty leaves, if South Carolina were to keep, say, a Tanner Bailey, Dante Reno, and Lenore Sellers on their roster without even looking super far ahead down the road, they will maintain their top five quarterback room status in this conference. And what is that going to do? It is going to help them on the recruiting trail. It's going to help Shane Beamer and his staff attract talent at other positions. You've already seen that sort of get underway with the 2024 class. Dante Reno talking to guys like Ty Michael Smith out of Savannah, Georgia. Wide receivers like Jonathan Paler and Parker Livingston and Keelan Adams and other guys as well. Running backs like Daniel Hill. A ton of talented skill position players on the offensive side of the ball that South Carolina desperately needs. But again, 
This has been mentioned on this show before, and it's probably mentioned on every single show out there that talks about college football in some capacity. Great players want to play with other great players. That is certainly the case when it comes to the game of football. So if South Carolina can maintain their current status with their quarterback room being one of the best in the SEC, then everything else in terms of acquiring talent on the offensive side of the ball will continue to fall into place. Now, in just a couple moments, I'm going to talk about an interesting development that seems to be unfolding with one of South Carolina's football targets in the 2025 recruiting class. I'll dive into what exactly I'm talking about there in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That means that you'll get $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet on FanDuel does not win. The Los Angeles Lakers just got swept by the Denver Nuggets last night. Obviously, if you're a big LeBron James fan, I know that that hurts your heart, especially considering the fact that he could now be retiring very soon. At least that's what the initial rumblings seem to indicate, that he is seriously considering that. But... For the Miami Heat, they're looking to now do the same thing with the Boston Celtics. They'll play the Celtics later tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. On Monday, the money line was set at minus 120 for the Heat, and the spread was set at minus 1.5 points. So if you think that Jimmy Butler and the Heat will move on to the NBA Finals, then put money down on that money line and that spread. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And speaking of every single day, thank you once again to all of you everydayers Bringing the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your first listen or watch every day. All right, let's talk about now South Carolina football target David Rodriguez and an interesting development that could be something for Gamecock fans to pay attention to moving forward in his recruitment. And here's what I am talking about. Back in the month of March, David Rodriguez took to Twitter and posted the following message. After much consideration and conversations with family, coaches, and the man above, I would like to announce I will be reclassifying into the graduating class of 2025 with plans on making an early college decision. Now, some of you might be sitting there going, Andrew, why are you talking about a piece of news that actually took place over two months ago, now almost three months ago, back on March the 2nd? Well, here's why I'm talking about this. I actually did spot this the first go-around whenever this came out. But the thing that I actually picked up on yesterday afternoon that I wanted to talk about on today's show is the latter portion of David Rodriguez's statement where he said he has plans on making an early college decision. Because here's the thing. South Carolina has got an interesting connection here with David Rodriguez. And that is this. 
David Rodriguez was high school teammates with Dante Reno at the Loomis Chafee School this past fall when he was playing on the field. South Carolina is a part of David Rodriguez's top five group right now. That group includes other schools like Penn State, Rutgers, Georgia, and I also want to say the Michigan Wolverines as well. But when looking at David Rodriguez's social media activity as of the past couple of weeks, it seems like that the main teams that he's sort of looking at here are South Carolina, Penn State, and Rutgers. Now, this leads into a theory of mine, and I'm going to be 100% honest, this is completely speculative. So please don't take this and run with it, but hear me out here. What if David Rodriguez commits to South Carolina and him committing early is signaling here that whoever he ends up committing to either way, he is going to end up recruiting for them. That is what I see happening here with David Rodriguez. With him saying that he's making an early college decision, despite the fact he's reclassifying to 2025, which means that as of right now, he would still have, what, another 19 months until he has to sign the dotted line on his national letter of intent? That tells me that David Rodriguez has plans to greatly help whichever program he winds up at. And for South Carolina, I'm not going to make it out like it is a slam dunk they're going to get him. But if South Carolina were to land David Rodriguez, especially with the relationship that he has with current Gamecock quarterback commit Dante Reno, then what if he takes over the Dante Reno role for the 2025 recruiting class and becomes sort of that first guy to really try to branch out and get other guys to join him? Because South Carolina, right now, they're already in the game for several talented prospects on the offensive side of the ball, particularly at the skill positions. I talked about some other quarterbacks like a Deuce Knight. I talked about Ryan Montgomery and A.J. Brand, all for 2025. That doesn't include other guys like running back Justin Baker, wide receivers Caleb Cunningham and Jarrell Boulder, along with tight end Ethan Barber out of the state of Georgia. And I know that that's not a humongous list at this moment in time. And yes, I am leaving off guys like a David Sanders and a Juan Gaston and Josh Petty and Jalen Gilchrist on the offensive line. But I sort of kept this to the offensive skill position talent because I feel like a guy like David Rodriguez, he's not necessarily going to try to really branch out to the offensive line. He very well could. But that kind of player, I typically see going after other guys at his position or guys that are going to be playing sort of the same type of position as him, which in this case is the offensive skill position. So, again, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. I'm not saying David Rodriguez is going to commit to South Carolina. What I am saying is this. I think South Carolina does have a decent shot here. If I had to pick another team that seems to be the biggest competition here, I would probably say Penn State. Penn State, obviously, is going to be closer to home for David Rodriguez since he is a native of the state of Rhode Island. And, obviously, they got a great history there with their football program. So, South Carolina is going to have to fight that. But it's not like South Carolina hasn't won battles against Penn State for other prospects in the past. The 2022 class is a great example of this. They beat out Penn State for guys like offensive line Ryan Brubaker and defensive back prospect Keenan Nelson Jr., 
out of the state of Pennsylvania, right from Philadelphia at St. Joseph's Prep School. So South Carolina has shown they can go up to the Northeast and pluck some of these guys out of these states against, again, historic college football programs. They could potentially do it again with David Rodriguez. And again, based on sort of what his messaging has been about how he plans to end his recruitment, when he plans to end his recruitment, and the fact he's reclassified to 2025, that just tells me that he's not going to just commit to a program. He is going to do everything he can to be, almost in a way, an added recruiter, an extra ambassador for the coaching staff and the particular program that he does wind up committing to. So for South Carolina, this is a recruitment that Gamecock fans are going to want to pay attention to over the next couple of months. I do not think he's going to wait that much longer. It seems like that based on the fact that he's already been talking about making a commitment soon, and he was saying this back in March, heck, he could make a commitment before this next football season begins. That would be about mid-August. So this summer, while obviously we should all pay attention to all the 2024 guys that the Gamecocks are still heavily in pursuit of at this moment, I also do think that if you're looking for a future prospect to keep an eye on, that prospect could very well be 2025 athlete David Rodriguez from Rhode Island for reasons bigger than just himself and what he could offer the Gamecocks on the gridiron. All right, now to cap off today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, let's talk about Mark Kingston and South Carolina's baseball team who are set to begin SEC tournament play later this morning, or depending on when you listen or watch today's show, may have already taken place. So, for those of you who are listening or watching to the show very early in the morning on Tuesday, Game 1 for South Carolina in the SEC tournament is going to begin at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the SEC Network. The Gamecocks are set to take on the Georgia Bulldogs in what is a single elimination game because of the fact South Carolina did not get a top four seed at the end of the regular season through their conference record. Now, a quick fact on the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia obviously did a little bit better as the season progressed. I think that they actually nabbed really good series wins against teams like Tennessee and Arkansas. Certainly no slouches based on what those two teams have done so far this season. But the thing that I noticed with Georgia's schedule... They did not win a single conference series on the road in the regular season. In other words, Georgia does not play very well when they are away from their home ballpark. And typically, if you're going to look for teams that are probably going to bow out early in terms of conference tournaments and also the NCAA tournament or NCAA regionals, however you want to call it, then typically you look for teams that do not do well when they are away from their home ballpark. And that is the Georgia Bulldogs to a T. To talk about this matchup, let's first start with Georgia's pitching staff. And I got to say, based on the numbers, uh, this pitching staff, they have not gotten any better since the Gamecocks faced them the first go-round early on in the month of March. Georgia's team ERA for conference play was 7.88 giving up an average of almost eight earned runs per game. That is just astonishing, even for the college ranks. Um, yeah, I haven't seen too many ERA numbers like that 
up to this point in the season. Now, the Bulldogs are set to send out their ace pitcher in Jaden Woods to play this game. And you might be wondering, well, how is he able to play? They just played a series this past weekend. Here's the thing. Jaden Woods has not pitched for the Bulldogs since April 14th this past month against the Florida Gators. That means that Woods has been on the shelf for the past five weeks and two days for Georgia. So, this obviously means a couple of things. One, yes, he is going to be very rested. He is not a guy that's coming off of just three or four days of rest in a game where he might have thrown 60-plus pitches. Jaden Woods has had plenty of time to try to rest and recuperate, but the other thing is this. He has been away from the field subsequently throughout that stretch, and you could do all the throwing sessions that you want in terms of working with your catcher and whatnot. It is not the same as going through a live game. Everyone knows that, right? So that is going to be an interesting storyline to watch in terms of Georgia's side of things. And the other thing is this. This pitching staff as a whole does not do a very good job of sort of keeping themselves out of trouble and not doing harm to themselves, not committing self-inflicted errors because they have less than a 2.00 strikeout to walk ratio and have given up 55 doubles and 58 homers in conference play. Not very good numbers for the Georgia Bulldogs. So to summarize the Bulldogs pitching staff, their command is a serious problem. And outside of Jaden Woods and probably Jarvis Evans, who has a 3.88 ERA and 13 and a third innings pitched in SEC play, it's a real question as to how many reliable arms the Bulldogs have and which ones will be available for the single elimination game against South Carolina. So, if I am the Gamecocks, well, I'm not going to say that you should be hyper-aggressive and just swing at every pitch that comes across the plate here from Jaden Woods later this Tuesday morning. I think South Carolina needs to come out swinging. Stop sitting back, stop waiting for a pitch, holding the bat, and never wind up swinging at anything that comes across the plate. The Gamecocks need to be in attack mode against Jaden Woods. Get him taken out of the game early and try to feast on that Georgia bullpen. It is not a good bullpen. There are very few guys that are simply going to actually pose some problems for you if you could just get past their starter in Jaden Woods, who does have some good stuff in spite of what the numbers might show on the stat sheet. So for South Carolina's batting lineup, again, do not sit back and wait. Just go out there and be in attack mode. Now, looking at Georgia's batting lineup real quick. Their hitting lineup is led by a trio of Charlie Condon, who actually was the SEC Freshman of the Year over Ethan Petrie, Cotter Tate, and Parks Harper. Each one of these guys are batting over 300, have an OPS of .911 or higher, and have hit 34 total home runs and batted in 88 total runs. This trio is by far the heart and soul of of Georgia's batting lineup. It starts and ends with those three guys. And here's the other thing. This team, the Georgia Bulldogs, they take a lot of chances at the plate, or they don't see pitches quite that well when they're out there because they possess a collective strikeout-to-walk ratio of 2.28. 
That is higher than their pitching staff strikeout to walk ratio. And again, to keep it in layman's terms, that is not something you want to see with your baseball team. Quite frankly, at any level of baseball. So, my summary with Georgia's batting lineup here, in terms of what South Carolina needs to do. James Hicks, who's going to start for South Carolina, and the relievers who can play on Tuesday. And I scrounged up some names together based on this past weekend, but I'm going to assume that guys like Kate Austin are going to be available, Nick Proctor, Brett Thomas, Jackson Phipps, Wesley Sweat, and maybe Chris Veach in an emergency situation if you absolutely need him out there because he did not pitch this past weekend against Tennessee. But no matter who's out there on the mound for the Gamecocks, South Carolina has to ensure that they command their fastballs. Do not loft up any meatballs for the Bulldogs to be able to crush out of the park. Because again, these guys, while they swing through a lot of stuff, they can also score runs in bunches if you are not careful. Also, use your breaking stuff. Get them to chase pitches, especially the guys in the heart of that lineup, which again, we're assuming is Charlie Condon, Connor Tate, and Parks Harbor. My final overall thoughts for this game. Yes, Georgia record-wise and statistically, they're not a good baseball team. That's just the bottom line. They're not. However, Georgia is going to be in wounded animal mode for this game. This game could be the final game of the season for them because unless they run the table in the SEC tournament, Georgia has no chance of making the NCAA regionals. That is a dangerous team. You cannot underestimate that. You cannot quantify that. You cannot measure that. So for South Carolina... You cannot waltz in there and think you're just going to walk all over the Georgia Bulldogs. You cannot do that or else you will get beat. Also, it could be their coach's last game. So that's just going to be extra motivation for some of those guys in that locker room and that dugout for the Bulldogs to want to go out there and win for their coach if this could indeed be his final game as their head coach. For South Carolina, again, I think the key here is you've got to be able to work through the trio of Condon, Tate, and Harper in the Bulldogs batting lineup. If you can thwart those guys off for the majority of the game, not give up a lot of damage from that group of guys, then I think South Carolina is going to be just fine and they will win. But obviously, right now, I don't think anyone has a lot of confidence in saying South Carolina is going to win a particular baseball game at this moment. I do think that South Carolina will hopefully come out with a sense of urgency. Again, go out there and be in attack mode. You are the better team. I think that's the mentality that you should carry coming into this game. So, South Carolina, I do think they'll win this game and they'll move on. But again, I can understand if you are hesitant to go that far with this team at the same time. So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on South Carolina's quarterback room? Do you think it's one of the top five quarterback rooms in the SEC? How do you see it looking throughout the next couple of years based on Dante Reno's addition and potential other recruits that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks could add? What are your thoughts on the David Rodriguez situation that's developing with his recruitment? And how do you think South Carolina's going to fare against Georgia in the SEC tournament this morning? If the game has not taken place quite yet at the time you're listening or watching to today's show, let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC. If you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 